live in three, two, one. Hello and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast, three and out, your favorite fantasy football podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, I say it every week, but this week I really mean it. We have a very, very special guest on our show tonight. And um, oh, those sounds, that can mean only one thing. Tonight on our show, our guest is part human, part super intelligent ocean mammal, and part new age mystic. We are all in for a real treat tonight. Please give a warm, no outlet welcome to the show. Commissioner Ball Dolphin, a.k.a. Ming the Merciless, a.k.a. Mayor of Ham Hole City. Welcome to the show, Commissioner. Hello, hello. Sounds like I have a lot of fans out there. I didn't know that it was going to be a live studio audience. Oh, yeah. Every Tuesday we have a live studio audience. They are uh, standing room only. They've got T-shirts with dolphins on them. They're, uh, they've got the fins up in the air like a Jimmy Buffett concert, except dolphins, not sharks. They are ready for you to be on this show. We're playing three and out. You know how it works. I always let the guest go first. You are a guest of honor. Uh, if you would, please, sir, what is your first topic? Well, I've, uh, I always have lots of topics when it comes to fantasy football. Um, you know, a specific topic that I'd like to talk about this evening has to do with, um, usually around the the future of the league, you know, some like Mm -hmm. draft, future draft picks, um, doing things that, you know, are, are down the road, you know, things that are not in this, in this current season. So trading future draft picks, maybe, uh, trying to, if it's not that trying to maybe, um, tank your season or play or bend the rules a bit so that you get a better draft pick because you can do both. You could do one or the other. And I kind of, I think it's a great topic to talk about today, especially with my legendary commissioner status. Absolutely. Uh, I know, I know Bateman has referred to me in my henchman style of, uh, being this, <laughs> in this commissioner role, but I, I truly am for the people. Um, as most people know, um, when I, when I've been commissioner, so. that's right. Fair, fair and balanced. But when you're in this role, this this delicate, almost like a spider web, that's the role of commissioner, that delicate, mm-hmm. you know, these kind of issues are super important. So that's what I'm bringing to the table. I agree. All right. So, and, so let's start with one of the super important issues you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to propose something. So um, the way I'm looking at in, in historical the data that I do have right in front of me right now, mm-hmm. it says to me in our league of almost 20 years now that in the last three weeks is when you're likely to see people mess with their lineup, maybe tank to try to get one of those top draft picks, okay. you know, maybe, may, maybe make the playoffs by the skin of their teeth. And what I'm proposing is that we keep track of the points in that, that last three weeks and mm-hmm. whoever loses that money has to throw down the full deposit for our party the next year. Oh, okay. So let, let me make sure I hear what you're saying. So we take the last three weeks and we add those points up and the, of our regular season of our regular season, regular so, season. That's right. Not including the playoffs. Yep. And then the general manager that has the lowest number of points for the last three weeks of the regular season has to, at that point in time, then say, I'm putting down the deposit for the entire draft. Yep, the party. I fucking like the that. The party for it. 
fucking party, like which is almost like a whole entry fee for the next year anyway. And yeah. like, we take it, we take it on demand. Like you got, it's part of our rules. You got to just pay it up. Cause you know, we, we collect money over time. It's all good. But this is like, you got to pay on demand kind of thing. And I don't know, it might, it might, maybe I'm not thinking of it too great, but it would prevent people from having like really super low point scores. Um, I don't know, you know, I, so I don't know what you think about all that. So I it's guess, really hard, but it's, it would prevent it from happening and would kind of adjust the league a little bit, I think. Yeah. No, I mean, look, it's a tough decision, but that's what we need the commissioner to do is make these tough decisions. But here's my question. Do you think that there is a big enough problem inside the Jungle Nut Football League of people during those last three weeks? Let's say that you're in the third or fourth spot and you know mathematically you could lose the next three weeks uh, the last three weeks, if you will, and still get into the playoffs no matter what, thereby giving you a better draft pick. So do you think that there's enough of that flim flammery happening right now that we need to put some kind of, uh, you know, lever in place to, to uh, offset it? You know, I, my data doesn't have that information in front of me right now. Okay. So, it's, uh, you know, I can't make a call on, uh, the moral aptitude of our league over time. I will say that it's been kind of more moral, of, moral, moral aptitude. God, I wish that was my team name. That's perfect. It's very low. Well, it, it, it's low, but it's been, it's been quite jolly and up high at times too. It depends on who's been in it. Cause we've had some long-term loyal, awesome, great, super positive people that have been part of the league who have bailed. Okay. So wait a minute. Hold on. So like you can't, we can't saying, even talk about that. I'm not saying we morale. I'm saying moral. There's a big difference. I think the morale is I, very I know, high. I'm, I know, but I'm saying there's been, there's, there's been people who brought that up from the lower end to the higher end. You know, we've replaced a certain, like we've, we've replaced people who are more on the positive, less raunchy side yeah. of the world with, get, yeah, with raunchier right. people. So I'm saying <laughs> from a moral perspective, so let's go back a second, okay. and, and I right. will say that like it's hard for me to measure because we've had a lot of recently we've had a lot of turnovers. So it's true. It's hard for me to to like make a call on that. But what it would do is it would probably prevent it from the future, and it's also kind of a funny thing to have hanging out there because it does add another element to it. The final three weeks, you just don't want to be that low score person. So you're gonna have to throw down a hundred bucks for like our pizza and whatever else you're gonna see or some. So it's almost like in you know, the same way. No, I, I seltzers and sodas. Yeah, no, I fucking love it. In the same way that, uh, you know, European soccer has a relegation system such that you don't yeah. want to tank. you Because if you tank, you get kicked out of that league. You lose the money that comes along with the TV rights and all that other shit that you really want. Right. So people are competing all the way to the very end. So if we put some, uh, you know, mechanism like that, I think that would definitely serve the purpose. Um, and I And I think it leads into the... I'm going to do this a little bit differently than I normally do. Normally when I have a guest on, I'll have three positions. I did it a little bit differently because we've got the commissioner. You've been the commissioner for what? Is it, is it 16 years? Seven? How long has it been? I don't even know. It's been a long time. And longer, it's like, like a thankless job, it's a timeless job. It's a t- <laughs> That's right. It's thankless and timeless. What a combination. And so I wanted to, uh, instead of taking positions, I wanted to ask opinions and so my first question for you, and it's a perfect segue into what you're proposing, because, you know, if we were going to have this happen, in theory, we'd have to have a vote. People would probably freak out. People would, certain people wouldn't want it to happen for obvious reasons. 
Um, and then they would say, well, let's do it for next year, next year, next year. Um, and, and maybe that's the right way to do it. I personally think you should be able to change the rules a, 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 as long as you're going forward anytime. But my question to you is, do you think that one aspect of this league that we've lost is having some type of midway point general managers meeting where we can take a deep dive into the mechanism of the league. What are we really doing? What are the issues? We could have identified something like this, voted on it, put it in place. I mean, we kind of blew up the keepers uh, this last time around, which I loved. And everyone kind of thinks we're just going to have keepers, but I'm not sure if we've actually decided that yet or not. So I guess ultimately my question for you, Commissioner, is what are your thoughts on having some semblance of a general manager meeting uh, such that different issues and different ideas and concepts and suggestions and recommendations can be brought up and discussed by the greater majority for the greater good of the league. Yes, I think it's necessary. Um, but you're saying let's go back, but I don't even remember us ever doing this. So, you know, there's many managers. There's like a couple managers going skiing. There's a couple managers going golfing early season, late season golf, early season skiing. But I, uh, I believe, I believe that it would be a great thing to do, um, and maybe that's also when you have some voting for the next year, and you don't get the if you're not there, you don't get a vote. Yeah, would be a nice thing to add. I think um, if you're not there, your vote doesn't up. count. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Steve said that. Um, and here's another element of that uh, managers meeting is that we can all, I, I can easily create a spreadsheet. This is also the the element of, of having some time on my hands. Mm-hmm. I can create like a, we could do DraftKings with our own lineups. So you can say, there you go. based on our rankings at the midseason point, you know, Woodard's team or, you know, whoever would be a higher price and we'd get a little allowance. We get like, you know, five bucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then each team's got a different price on them. And then we, you know, when the, when the weekend's over, you kind of had three picks out of the 10 teams to make your point total and you have a little wager on it. That makes the, the manager's meeting a little bit entertaining on a Sunday. You know, we're all there. We have our own fantasy games, but we have that kind of overall thing going on. So many things we could add. So it's it a would game, be a fantastic day. A game within a game is what you just described as far as having our own little DraftKings. I love that idea. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that there needs to be a reason to go. And I think that Ugly Child's idea of, hey, if you don't go, you don't get a say. That's going to motivate people to go or not. And if they don't, that's fine. And they're going to have to deal with whatever the rules are, period. And I think that there are – look, I think at the end of the day, our our league is – I've been in a, a few other leagues. I know you have too. Honestly, I feel like it's run the the best. It's got the most banter. I think that the rules and the structure of it are good. I think that they're uh, solid, if not a little bit on the basic side. I like the fact that we don't have to, and I, I think you might be talking about this later, I like the fact that we don't currently have to pay for you know waiver pickups. We don't have to pay for any kind of roster moves. I know a lot of leagues do that. I also know that there's some leagues out there that say, okay, you don't want to keep anybody. You don't have to and you get to pick in the first three rounds, or you can keep two people and miss one pick. So there are some things that I think have been added to fantasy football leagues over the years that we just haven't adopted, and it would be good to have, you know, and maybe it doesn't even happen once a year. Maybe it happens every other year or something like that. But you're right. I think we always talk about doing it. It's always like, yeah, we're going to do it at Mohegan Sun, and it never fucking happens. I don't think we've we ever never, I don't we've think never we've done ever it. had one right yet. 
So it, it, it might be time because we had a pretty significant change in the way that we did the draft. I mean, we went from a, a dynasty league to all of a sudden everybody gives up everything. And some people got really fucked over by that. Other people uh, who didn't have very strong keepers uh, <laughs> really got a big boost. So um, I think that it, it needs to happen. And, and I think that uh, we should we should start planning it now because if we don't start planning it now, it won't happen again. Uh, or we're going to miss an opportunity. Right. So, um, so this, this, this first topic is like, how do we, how do we not tank, but it's really about like, how do we, it's about integrity. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of the, one of the things is creating rules that are right. And maybe it all is encapsulated in this, this manager's meeting. So the way I could tie this all together mm. is that, that, that last three week thing, if we could do that, then the person has to pay the deposit on the party that is the mid manager's party. Oh, so fuck yeah! There, there you go. Now and then it's talking. kind of like now we've created a new thing, which is our new managers meeting. See, folks, this is why year after year there's only one choice for commissioner, and, and that's and that's the ball dolphin. All right, sir, you are up with your second topic. What do we got? I, I'd like to. What about you? Do you have a topic? What I do just you, what do you, yeah. well, like I said. I, so, looking, my my first topic was more of a question, but I'll, I'll give you another one. I started giving a lot of okay. thought to um, what happens before the game and, and team culture. Right, every single team has a slightly different culture based on where they play, based on what college their players came from. So, I started thinking, okay, what happens before the game? Who's got the best pregame music? Who's got the best? pregame vibe in the locker room like who's feeling it more than any other team because football is about getting amped up get that tort all in your system you get out there and you get ready to, <laughs> to try to kill somebody but it's also a lot about the energy around you is the person next to you ready to go to war with you are you a bunch of fucking warriors that are going to go out there and take somebody's head off or are you just kind of like hey i can't wait to get this fucking game over so i can go drive a corvette in las vegas and kill somebody in my car you know, it's like I, there's there's all different types of motivation when you're talking about what's in a locker room. So I, I was thinking in general, like what team would have the best warm up music? And I've got to believe that the L.A. Rams right now, especially with that sick ass stadium, that five billion dollar SoFi stadium. I got to believe they've got the best music. They've got certainly they've got the best crew of celebrities going to watch them play in the in the boxes. I, I got to believe the vibe in there is, is off the charts. They're obviously playing like they're motivated to win on both sides of the ball. Now they got fucking Vaughn Miller. Uh, so I guess my position is that the better your vibe is, the better the music is, the better the energy is in the locker room before the game, the better you're going to play. And I wanted to get your opinion on that. Uh, I agree. I mean, the pre-warm-up before you go out there and – on the gridiron and battle <laughs> and getting yourself the gridiron completely, completely pumped up. But man, I, I got to tell you, I'm disconnected. I, I miss live sports for a year and a half. And you know, I, I, I go to games all the time. I've had my luck through business and things like that to get tickets for things all the time, whether it's, you know, been almost every Patriots home playoff game for all these years or Celtics tickets, whatever. It's different now. The music's different. I'm old. 
Mm. I felt never felt older than I was at Fenway. Uh, the music at Fenway, uh, never heard anything interesting, really remotely, um, kind of from the old days, even though I hadn't been to Fenway in like two or three years. So what is it like house music? What do they, what do they play now? No, it's just like, yeah, it's like more, um, it's not bad music. It's just more popular, more, uh, more of the younger, uh, Gen Z kind of music that my kids listen to. TikTok, video music, that shit, like. To Alupa, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, 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 like more like on the TikTok side, which is totally cool because the crowd is very young. Right. But here's my thing. Um, you know, we had the benefit of working with the NFL, okay. um, my business mm-hmm. as a client, and we've worked with ESPN for almost 20 years. Wow. I don't know, 15 years. Sorry, 15 years. I'm exaggerating. And uh, and we he, we had worked with them when when I was there for that time. And there's a product, man. So what you're talking about, even the pregame stuff, is like if there's a product out there that is marketed to all these people. And the NFL kind of shoves it down their throats too. And it's part of the stadium vibe and all that. So I don't really know what's going on in the in the locker room when they're all ripped up on Toradol and all that. It's definitely music. That's probably something and loud um, yeah. as hell. But I would think that it doesn't – I think that it's – probably a very similar thing across all the organizations just mm. like just like the products they're playing in the stadiums you know you're gonna hear the same stuff you're gonna hear crazy train from ozzy that's still the nfl product the same okay you'll so, hear, so, uh, so here's another question you'll hear right? a lot of the same stuff that you'd hear like gillette that you would hear at la swear yeah. to god you would okay that's fair so then here's the next question who controls the fucking playlist right because it certainly isn't the fucking kickers and it's not the punters and it's probably not even the quarterbacks. Like, is it the fucking uh, offensive linemen that are just completely steroided out? Is it the badass linebackers? Like, who's saying, no, 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 motherfuckers. We're not playing that song. We're playing it's the this fucking, fucking long snapper, dude. <laughs> it's the long snapper. <laughs> it's the fucking way. The long snapper is it's right the behind snapper. the kicker. It's the best job in the NFL, man. It, it is the best job in the NFL because you don't get your bell rung. That guy the music, to. I'm telling you. Okay, I'm telling I like you. that. The music. Long snapper. Okay, yeah. I'll go yeah. with it. Uh, the crowd's nodding their head, so they agree too. So I, I guess that's the right answer. But I'm going to throw this out there. This is one thing I'll throw. I haven't been to a ton of NFL stadiums, um, but I, I've been to Seattle and mm-hmm. been by that stadium. I haven't, I haven't been in there during a game, but the way that thing is uh, sits in the city and where it is mm. in the city and how it's like almost downtown in the city, the way Fenway is. Yeah. And it's steep as shit. And like you're hanging, your seats are all over that stadium. And you've heard of the 11th man, like, it's, I've been in the field and been like, they, they play football in here. It's like, it's insane. Like yeah. it's, it's the crowd. It's not just this massive entertainment experience. It's truly like a crowd standing over you the way the old garden was where like yeah. you were hovering over the court. It's like that, but for football. Um, and that blew my mind. Safe oh, field. So what field is that? What field is, I don't even know what the hell the name it is, but that, I would say Seattle probably has a very, very pumped up atmosphere in the locker room and getting out into the field because the fans are nuts there. Yeah, they're crazy yeah. everywhere. Dig that. All right. Fans are uh, nuts everywhere. So y- your second topic, sir. My second topic would be, um, how about uh, paying a deposit for future when you trade future draft picks? Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the issues we had when we um, – we took a year off and getting rid of um, keepers and resetting. And was a lot of people had traded future draft picks. We also had a couple managers leave, and this wasn't the first time this happened, where they left and um, they had future. They had traded future draft picks, which is totally a sham. Fuck mm. for everybody. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, and we've been in situations where people have come into the league and inherited a team. And we've had teams, we've done expansion where we've added people and done like expansion draft. Well, I'm kind of thinking that like, if you're going to sell the farm for the future, you should at least pay a deposit. So if you leave the league, you'll get your money back. But if you leave the league before the next season starts, that fee goes to something. I, I, I we don't want to give it to the newcomer. Fuck that newcomer. Like, should be invited. You like pay a fine. They should be paying an entry fee to join our fucking league. Yeah. But um, I believe that um, I believe that like maybe some deposit system. So if you trade like this uh, following year, like a twenty twenty two draft pick, then um, you might pay like a you know twenty five dollar deposit with that trade. Um, so if you leave the league, you know, you're not hanging out. You're not giving somebody a team or leaving this weird draft pick kind of hanging out there with yeah. no team or something tied to it. And then if you're going even further, like I'm going to give you a two years out draft pick, it's like high, it's even a higher deposit. <laughs> yeah. That's that's one of the things I was thinking about. I fucking love that. I think that we actually, before we, before we blew everything up, I think there was one general manager who had traded picks into like 23, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Like we, we, we yeah, man. way fucking deep. Sure. Yeah. yeah, so that that manager, I don't even know, because I, I didn't keep track. I can only assume who that might be, but um, probably one of the masters of the league. Oh, but, yeah, absolutely a master. Um, yeah. But, like, what, like, how awesome is that? Even more masterful. Now we just reset the league. Great. Bravo. Um, but, fuck, man, I, I, I believe that um, there's got to be something. Like, okay, so if, we, if we're not going to be worried about people adjusting their lineups and playing, kind of tanking, and we haven't really cared about it before, I've, I've personally done it. Then, like, maybe something like this, where it's like, well, if, if you, at least you're trading away draft picks, like, you're selling your team. You right. might as well, you know, I don't know. No, you I, know, I, people are so, future, people that are hurting are getting rid of their best players, and you're giving, you're like, and you're scanning them by, like, giving a trace future draft pick, and then you bail. You're like, see you later, sucker. Yeah. That's yeah. like, yeah, we don't want that happening. No, we don't. And, you know, putting a $25 or $50 completely refundable deposit on that trade. So if you stay with the league in the next year, you get it back. That's so it's not like you're giving it up. You're just putting it in the pot. But then if you do walk away, then we've got money to do whatever with, right? We can put in the, the DraftKings pool that we're going to do for our own league or whatever we might want to do. So I think there's legs to that idea for sure. And I think that uh, it's one more reason why we need to have some type of a manager's meeting. And two quick notes. First of all, the name of the stadium is uh, Lumen Field in Seattle. Uh, that's the name of the uh, Seattle, Seattle um, Seahawks stadium. Yeah, there you go. And then the second thing is, I think you might have been, speaking of tanking, you just said, I've done it before. I heard you say that. I think somebody actually might have accused you of doing it already this year. Um, <laughs> I think that might have been tossed your way because you did have uh, a quarterback who used to play uh, for the New England Patriots who was on the bench. I think he scored 34 points, 33 points, something like that, a very high number. Um, but he wasn't playing, and instead you played. Um, I think you played Hurts, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so there was some question. Is there any – so let's set the record straight right now. Let's clear your name or – you can own up to it. Is there any truth to that allegation that was put forward that you are already tanking this season? You know, I'm on a lot of prescription painkillers and medicines. Um, <laughs> That's not a great and, start uh, to an answer. But, but go I'm ahead. O- I only kid. I only kid. I am not. And it's not a funny subject. You know, kids out there, you know, 
Um, there's a reason why you shouldn't be able to take caps off these bottles. Don't go into your mom and dad's medicine cabinets. Thank you. Um, all right. So I believe that um, I did not tank. I believe that uh, Jalen's been having an unbelievable uh, season for second year. Like mm-hmm. he's a running quarterback, kind of holding on to him. Why would he be sitting on my bench taking up a fucking spot? Yep. Kind of looking at him and maybe as a keeper kind of player for me. Um, a guy that gets like 90 yards rushing all the time. It's like having that backup running back if he starts throwing the ball a little better. But the Eagles, quite honestly, they suck. Yeah. But they're traveling to Detroit, who's one of the worst defenses in the league. They're terrible. Horrible match. Like, just a great matchup for the Eagles. It's not in their division. Um, they're going to go there and, like, he's at least going to get 20 points for me. Right, bro? 20 points. Like, that's a shit game for him. Uh, did I expect two of their – Backup, backup running backs. They're number two and they're number three running backs. Each get two touchdowns. Each four touchdowns. Those two dudes. Like what the hell? So like, I I, I kind of got screwed there. Brady, he's playing in a divisional game against the Saints, the best defense. I think the best defense in the league right now. And he, if you if you saw the stats in the first half, he was shit in the bed. He only had like eight points in the first half. So I, you know, I don't like divisional matchups, and I kind of went that way. So there you go. There's my um. There's your tanking prophecy. It was my last – I thought it was like one of my last chance efforts to try to make something of my team this year, but I'm not counting myself out because I did not think Brady was going to score 35 points. Yeah. Now I have full confidence to start him the rest of the year. Probably going to chuck Hurts. Maybe pick up somebody. If you notice, I've been sitting on the number one waiver wire for a while. Yeah. Adrian Peterson, like, well, I'm not going to fucking take that guy. I'm going to still sit on and wait. We still have seven more weeks, what, uh, seven, six more weeks before the playoffs start for us. So he's, he's 100 maybe years I, old. Maybe I could turn it around, but I can tell you I'm not. I'm yeah. fucking, I won one game, terrible. But I was trying. I was, I was clawing. It was a bad decision. I've made nothing but bad decisions all year. I, I, my team, I have three. I, I don't even have hurt players when I'm in last place. You guys all have hurt players. Um, my Elliot move, I'm still thinking maybe genius because I'm watching all these guys go down that were ahead of him in the draft. Mm-hmm. True. Um, just true. waiting for Kamara to go down, and I was forced because I took Elliot before I took, uh, I, I think, I, maybe I didn't take Kamara. I didn't take Kamara. I skipped on him. I think he's going to get hurt. Yeah. Anyway, there's my, there's my, uh, rant of my own selfish ways. Let's talk about your team, though. I think you're the, I think you're the, the number one seed if I were to make playoffs right now. Fuck that. Yeah. Smoke and mirrors. So wait, let, let's not go past the game. So I, I think in fairness to you, um, you know, the fact that that team scored 44 fucking points and he scored as few fancy points as he did is a complete anomaly uh, for this yeah. season. Like he is their offense. And for Boston, don't call me George Scott to have the kind of game he had. And then fucking Juwan, uh, welcome back, Carter Howard. Like, <laughs> These guys, they, they shouldn't be doing what they're doing. So that was a complete fluke of a game. Also, you said you've been making bad decisions. And the first thing that popped in my head is you should go with the Costanza principle, which start doing the exact opposite of everything you would normally do. And, um, and who knows? Uh, things might turn around. So here's my, here's, my second, um, here's my second thing that I'd like to uh, talk about. And really, again, it's in the form of a question because – We've got the we've got the wise one here. So, uh, and this is based in reality, so it's not a hypothetical. Um, but what would you go ahead and trade a first round pick for next year? And let's just say there is no 
We haven't, you know, put any kind of rule in place for that yet. But would you pl- trade a first-round pick and a starting your starting running back, okay, for an injured off-the-shelf for the rest of the year but still probably has some gas in the tank, Derrick Henry? Like a, a running back, too? Uh, sure. Yeah. RB2? That's right. An RB2. That's a, that's a hard that's a, question because there's no number to that RB question, right? Because, like, who's going to trade a top 10 running back when there's, like, five of them hurt right now? So, uh, so like, you are got to be an ask for a, a, a high-ceiling RB2. Mm-hmm. So, I don't really, I don't really know. Like, if, if, I, if I'm interpreting the, that question, the first thing off is um, – what is a first rounder essentially next year? So like we've already talked about this, there's going to be, cause we're the way I'm looking at it is we're not, you're not forced to take keepers. Mm-hmm, you can mm-hmm. take three or not. And if there, you don't take any, there's a supplemental draft before our real draft. Okay. So that's how it's we're doing it? the supplemental. Yeah, definitely. We talked about it at the draft. Perfect. I love um, that. So that'll happen. So when you trade a for, first rounder, you're talking about a fourth rounder. So you're saying mm. in, in essence, we're saying like Derek Henry's hurt. He's a, He's definitely a keeper, man. I'm sorry. Unless he doesn't, doesn't ever comes back. He is a big dude. You worry about that. His size with bad name. Mm-hmm. But there's, I think it's pretty, pretty clear. He's going to be back even for them in the playoffs. If they can hold on here. Cause they are what? Number one seed right now. So season ended. Yeah. They're playing, um, they're playing good ball. Yeah. So, um, I feel well coached team. So I feel like, RB2 and a fourth rounder is basically what you're saying because it's a non-keeper. You're saying, like, give me an RB2 and a non-keeper or possibly someone who is a borderline keeper on a team that no one could keep because they had five awesome keepers, but they can only keep three. So you might get one of those guys in that round. Mm. But it's not a – it's a fourth rounder. It's a it's a 41 through 50 ranked player. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. So that's what you're saying with the first rounder. So um, it's Robert I, Woods. That's 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 who it is. Yeah. It's fucking Robert Woods. Right. Yeah, it's like Robert Woods or like you know, who knows? So um, or like a rookie running back that's like going to be awesome that you think might be awesome. That's a crapshoot. But um, for Jay, you know, so if Jay were to trade that, he would get that guy. You know, but I don't know. I don't know what running back. He's not going. He's going to want like a like an Ezekiel. He's going to want like an equal value of. Of Henry, right? Because he's also given the first rounder up. That's too much. A player yeah. like Zeke and a first rounder for someone that's not no going to play for the rest of the year—it's just too much. That's too expensive. Yeah, like I'm looking at my team and I'm like, okay, I don't have anybody that he would want. Nobody. He would want it, Elliot. And I'm like, I can't. You know, there's no way I would give you. Give and look, Elliot up. you're right. Derek Henry's he's my not- only. Keeper. <laughs> yeah. No. And look, and that's not bad because next year you're going to have, you know, picks before everybody else because we know people do have three keepers. Um, and yeah. the thing with, I, I think that Derrick Henry will come back for sure. He's got two A plus years left on that body. Probably not much more. The decline will start right after that. It happens to every running back. That's just the way that it goes. Um, and he, and like you said, he might come back for the playoffs, but by the time the playoffs happen, our season's over, right? Our season ends with right. the, the regular season. So I, it, I think either he's going to have to just – and sorry, ugly child. I think he's going to either have to suck it up and just stash him on the IR and just call it a loss and, and keep him next year, or he's going to have to short sell because it's it's you just nailed it. There's a lot of running backs hurt. Who's going to give up their number one guy and a pick for someone you can't play? Nobody. 
Um, you know, the only person that might is somebody who's on the verge of not making the playoffs. And again, no offense, but that's kind of your team. And you've even said, I'm not doing it. So I, I don't see that. I don't see the move happening. The reason why I asked the question was my statement was there's no way that deal gets done. There's just no way. He needs to like, so let's think about, um, who, who was like a, uh, you know, who, here's one that comes to mind, like a Swift or a Henderson. Those are the guys that like ring my, would be mm-hmm. like, if, if I had one of those guys who was kind of like, yeah, you know, it was kind of a, you know, oh yeah, my prediction was great. That guy turned off much better than Stan, you know, like Ben Hilaire did from freaking Kansas City. Like who the hell knows this shit before right. the season started, right? That's true. But like now, like if, for me, if I had one of those players and I had an Elliot, I would be like, oh dude, here you go. Like I'll take Henry for next year, stash him. But the thing is, you got to fill your IR spot with that guy. That's it, right? And like, who wants to keep him on on their IR spot? You know, it, it's too valuable. That extra position. I mean, it's you don't necessarily need to have an injured player on there. I mean, that you, you can't play that person if you have him in there the week. But it, it, to just know that for the rest of the year, you're giving up one of you. That's what you're doing is you're giving up a roster spot out of the gate. That's a that's a yeah, right. that's expensive. That's expensive. All right. Yeah, and like I, I, I don't know what we do there other than like expand our rosters or, or like maybe make it two IR spots. Because in the past we've had people who've had like three players get hurt and they they you know, you can keep you can still claim them. Yeah. Drop them and claim them for as keepers for the following year and no one's allowed to touch them. Yeah, um, and, and that's but we but we're limiting that to like a roster spot now, basically, you know. And that's not been without um controversial outcomes either i mean it's always a little bit shady um all right so uh what is your third and final take mr commissioner my third and final topic is uh i have a great one and it, it certainly applies to our fantasy league and i'm i'm down i i think it's downright comedic and i just don't know how to make it I don't know how to make it funnier than it is. And it, the, the topic's a broad in general, but I just want to raise it. I want to hear it because it happens all the time in our league. And it's, it's about this thing that's happening. And it's, maybe it's, it's across the whole globe. I don't know, but it's certainly happening around here. Okay. It's certainly happening in our neck of the woods. It's happening in the U.S. And it's this whole thing where, like, if you're really fucking loud, your voice, your vote matters more. Your, like, opinion matters more. <laughs> Where like the the louder, the louder minority voice, like the uh, the minority voice. Dear God, the minority voice has the has some the more say in the matter. Uh, like what? Like when did this? When did this happen? When did like a microphone or a megaphone or like the beating of a chest become? This is right. This is what everyone wants. I don't know. So I, yeah. I raised that and I, I see it in our league. I see it. I've seen it for years. Okay. Let's, let's um, slow down. And as, you're go you're, you're touching on some really important topics here. I want to make sure I'm hearing you right. Are you talking about inside the world of fantasy football or are you using the context of our social atmosphere at the moment? And then, I don't know, man. Okay. I don't know. Let me fix. Hold on. Let me All fix right. my golf simulator. Right. Hold on. I got to see up my next shot here. All right. All right. I don't know. I think it. I'm just thinking of it as a microcosm thing. It's like, um, it's like, is it like cancer? Like when you think about it in your body, okay, you know, or an organism, the cancer comes in. It's, it's the it's the minority organism, but eventually, 
sure it's, I mean, we've all been affected by this in our family, whatever, friends, families, loved ones, whatever. It's yeah. just like, it's just there, right? So it's like, it becomes the, the thing, my majority thing. I'm like, what is going on? Like when, it, when is, when is enough enough with this whole scenario? So I'm, I'm wondering, or, you know, and it doesn't, to me, it's not a political thing. Like I'm saying if the majority voice I mean, with the, is the other way, like if it's against your views or whatever, then you got to deal, you have to deal with it too. It's like, right. It's, it's about what the majority of people think is the way to go. Right. And yep. you just have to kind of ride with it until you have the opportunity to change that. That's if right. You feel differently. Right. Until that moment happens, you're not going to change things. So I don't know. It's evidence and it's the ebb and flow of politics. But I think in like our own world, I see it happening in small places. Hmm. I see it happening in fantasy with certain things of like, you know, when, when nine votes are like, we're going to, we're going to reset the league, but there's one and it's just like, doesn't matter, man. <laughs> or, or it's, an, it's somebody who's like, Four keepers, you know, four. And like everyone's looking around like what what man? Like four keepers? Well I can't even like I don't even have I don't even have one keeper on me. <sighs> yeah. To uh, you know, I I don't know. To uh to uh, you know, outlandish opinions about things and about scenarios of, of players and future outcomes or yep. whatnot. Or uh le- even opinions about league mascots who who frequent our um fantasy um, domain quite a bit. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what the, I don't know what's going on, but certainly I'm sick of it. I, I just, you know, I wish people would just uh, read what they need to read, get to absorb their information and just deal with it and then go, you know, when they, when it comes time to change, make the change and make it happen. Yeah. But, man. Mean, uh, that's, that's really hard to argue with and um, very profound words. Uh, and, and just real quick, have you ever seen the movie Michael Clayton? Oh, man, so long ago. Yeah. So it won Best Picture, I think. It's George... like in college, man. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a while I ago. Um, yeah, George... I might have been like, that might have been a, an odd time of my life. Is that with right. Jodie Foster? No. That, no, this was with uh, George Clooney, Tilda Swinton, <laughs> And he played a lawyer. <clears throat> Long story short, the law firm he was like, working for was defending this like uh, chemical company that was giving everybody cancer. Okay, is it one of those guys? That guys uh, that wrote all the, the firm and all that. Mm. One of that guy's books. No, it, it's not a Grisham book, but it's similar in nature in that it's it, oh, okay. you know, it follows like you know a story. I, I read magazines. I shouldn't have brought up books. Sorry. No, no, no. That's good. I mean, magazines are great. Lots of pictures, big print. All right. Um, so, anyways, so he, so he, yeah, so he worked, he's working for this firm, George Clooney, all the smart guy. Yeah. And there's this guy in there who's been working this case, defending this chemical company for fucking years and years and years. And all of a sudden he has like a psychotic break. And in his psychotic break, he's like, am I just this organism who was put on this earth to defend this person that, and he just kind of loses his shit. And he gets to the point where he's like, I am Shiva, God of death. So when you were talking about like, uh, you know, is it cancer? Is it an organism that gets inside a body? Is it, you know, takes over? Um, That was my first thought was Michael Clayton. So if you haven't seen Michael Clayton, go out and see it. There's no car chases. You know, there's nobody. um, I guess people do get murdered. Spoiler alert. But it's really well done um, and it's worth a watch. Okay. My third and final 
topic. Uh, it's kind of along the same lines as who's got the best music, but this is an off-season question, okay? So here we go. We fast forward. We're past the Super Bowl. We're past the Pro Bowl. All that shit's happened, and it is now time for these people who make a living playing football, and there's not many of them on the planet, and they don't last very long. Uh, these people are out there having a good time. Now, of course, I think that a lot of these people are using uh, weed and other substances during the season, but let's just give them the benefit of the doubt and say that they're all complying with the NFL's rules, which we know isn't true. But let's just say that they are. When the season's over and they're out there having fun, um, which team has the best connection for the best marijuana? Which team has the hookup? So when the season's over and you can go do whatever you want, which team has like, all right, my, my boy, my boy's got a fucking marijuana farm and he is putting out the product or my cousin owns a fucking company. Like, I, I'm curious, is there a team? Is there a player? Is there a group of players? Uh, are there people that used to go to the University of Miami that all of a sudden now have the connections? No, dude, uh, there's the best weed in the universe is from California. No, there you go. Butts about it, man. So um, I would say that, you know, Colorado too. And then there's just a plethora in Miami, but you're not talking about, having you know humboldt county like right outside here. yeah when i said miami i was thinking more the, like the, the mecca hippie universe for these ganja <laughs> smokers yeah but toradol like you know <laughs> they're raging on toradol like i mean you could go anywhere they're getting that from the, the locker room guys so like the doctor's there right yeah toradol's no. the worst man that's the one when you go to the doctor you're like i don't want to take opiates man because like i heard they're terrible my shoulder really sucks i can't sleep they're like here take this toradol and you're like Wow, wow! I didn't feel sleepy or anything. Oh yeah, I'm tired. That made me feel great. For it all, and it's you're like, the, it's not bad for you at all. But like, man, it probably like kills so many, so many bad things in that shit. Oh my god, it's totally, even imagine. it's totally bad for you. For first of all, it's bad for you in the way that you use it. So if you're taking a bunch of that shit, and there are unequivocal facts that before a game, everybody's getting shot up with this shit. If you're getting that stuff put into your body and then you're going out there and like flying your body into somebody else, it's bad because you're not feeling the sense of danger. You should, you're, you're, oh you've got God. this sense of invincibility and people get fucking hurt. I mean, think about the number of injuries. I mean, first of all, we've got these specimens of, of humanity that are just freakish, the size, the strength, the fury, and then you add on to that this fucking steroid that they're taking that makes them feel invincible, like they want to go kill somebody. And it's like, of course people are going to tear their ACLs. Of course they're going to get concussions. I mean, of course. Um, so anyway, <laughs> the reason sure. why I said Miami wasn't so much because it would be good weed down there. I'm more thinking, like, they're going to have a group of people that have a connection to the, like, Mike Tyson's weed farm in Hawaii or something. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to be like a I, – I, I, I'm not going to use the word gang, so I'm not using the word gang. But what I'm saying is there might be a tight-knit group of individuals who kind of have a pipeline. Um, but I think your answer is better. I, 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 think, I think the California-Colorado answer is way better. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking for hardcore drugs, Miami's the best place in the oh, universe. Oh, good I point. I don't good know what point. these guys are doing. I'm assuming they're not all raging cokeheads. Like, I'm thinking that they're kind of chill, beer drinking, guzzling, vodka drinking, I don't know, champagne drinking, high-end alcohol, and ganch, and they're whatever pills they can take that they're yeah. helping their bodies. You know, I don't know. I don't know any football players. Kickers are so I kickers can't really are... speak for it. And, yeah. Um, and I know it's a minute. I know that a lot of these people take their jobs very, very seriously and are in top right. shape. So I think that 
I think that even though these professional athletes, that NFL not not for long, and that whatever 3.1 year average that they have in the league, they're young guys, they're millionaires. Um, they're they're probably partying pretty quick and not getting involved in too much heavy shit. Um, yeah. a lot of them, because I would think that they're a lot of them are probably pretty feel pretty fortunate to be in the situation they're in. So I don't know. Yeah, I would imagine that some of them are partying, but kickers, um, you know, you, kickers are drinking rosé. That's number one for sure. There's no doubt about it. And Brady, with a little rosé. Uh, well, nothing if. Uh, you know, no, I'm, I'm not, not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. And Brady is killing the math on the average length of time in the league because um, talk about an outlier and anomaly. I mean, like there's obviously yeah, a totally. lot more Ryan Leafs than there are Tom Brady's, but uh, he's there. Folks, um, if you could see the audience right now, Commissioner, you would be so impressed. They are doing the wave for you. They've got big, huge. Uh, dolphin flags that they're waving around. They're they're Fantastic. so excited. They're cheering. Uh, we said a lot. Maybe we said too much. Um, but I want to thank you. Everybody here is is cheering for you. And uh, uh, it was great to have uh, the uh, the commissioner on the league. Thank you so much for um, for being on the show. Good luck this season. I hope that if nothing else happens, you end up with the number one pick. Um, and uh, you know. What else can I say that hasn't already been said? Thanks for being on the show. Well, I, I really appreciate it. I, I feel uh, very fortunate to be here. Um, and you're a, a very gracious host. Um, and uh, I wish you all the best of, of luck the remaining season. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. My, my team's toast. It's, it's just a slow decline from here. It's like people take human growth hormones and then at the, there's just like a sharp decline at the end. That's what, that's what I've got going on right now. It's just going to be a sharp fucking off the cliff. I got nothing. I got no running backs. If Eckler gets hurt, I'm toast. But that's a whole different story. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being on the show. (laughs) And uh, all of you have a great night. Take care. Uh, 